Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie Martin. Today, I'm going to be talking about sepsis and some of those basic principles of management that apply to our obstetric patients. Many of you may be thinking to yourselves, I'm not sure I've really ever even taken care of a patient with sepsis or septic shock before. I suspect that you probably have, and maybe that patient just hasn't been labeled as having sepsis. That diagnosis hasn't been put into the electronic record, so it wasn't necessarily recognized. But what I'm hoping that you'll understand by the end of this podcast is who your patients with sepsis really are and have an understanding of how you can take care of them, even if you're not an intensive care specialist or nurse or don't have any experience with this. The principles of taking care of sepsis are well within your purview. So what is sepsis? Well, the CDC a few months ago in May of 2019 came out with um, updated information about causes of death in the United States. And sepsis is now the third most common cause of death during pregnancy and during the first week postpartum. You might remember that historically we were talking about hemorrhage and thromboembolic phenomena and hypertensive disorders. Well, things have shifted because of the work that's been done to try and prevent those complications. And sepsis has now jumped into the top three. In the first year postpartum, after that first week and up to the first year, sepsis is the most common cause of death in pregnant in uh, postpartum women. Now, this is a 75% increase since 1993. That's massive. And I don't know that we really understand all of the different causes of certainly some of it is probably due to antibiotic resistance, but um, I don't think we really understand uh, what's happening with the increase. But there is certainly an opportunity for us to recognize that our patient might be septic and intervene early before we're in septic shock or uh, threatening to die and, and uh, critically ill. But make no mistake, sepsis and septic shock are true medical emergencies. Once it's diagnosed or suspected, treatment and resuscitation really does need to begin immediately. Now, you may have heard of the Surviving Sepsis Campaign. This is an international group of, of uh, it, folks that are interested in improving sepsis care. And they've had several sets of recommendations that have uh, come out to issue uh, best practice guidelines. The most recent guidelines were published in 2016, and they provided us with an updated sepsis definition, which sounds complicated, but it's really not. It's The definition of sepsis is technically life-threatening organ dysfunction caused by a dysregulated host response to infection. So what does that mean? Well, when the body is exposed to some sort of infection, whether it's, you know, bacterial or viral, in obstetrics, we're most likely dealing with a bacterial infection. But once the body is, is exposed to that infectious agent, then it's going to start responding. And that response is what creates the problems. So let me repeat the definition again. Life-threatening organ dysfunction caused by a dysregulated host response to infection. So it's the response that's gotten out of control that's led to organ dysfunction that defines sepsis. So it's not the infection itself. It's the out-of-control out of response to the infection. And I think that's a really important distinction to make. So how do we assess whether or not your patient actually has organ dysfunction? Well, we can use something called the SOFA score, and you may have heard of this. In the non-pregnant population, uh, the SOFA score is used fairly routinely to evaluate your, your sepsis or potential sepsis patients. SOFA stands for Sequential Organ Failure Assessment Score, and you're looking for an increase of two or more points. So 
basically what happens is that you're going to get multiple organ system evaluation parameters evaluated. So the respiratory system, renal function, neurologic status, hematologic status, so hemoglobin and platelet count, for example, cardiovascular status, what's the mean arterial pressure, does the patient require vasopressors to keep her pressure up? Don't get obsessed over the tiny details here. It's a little bit much for our discussion today, but I want you to understand the concepts. So we're going to go through each of these organ systems and say, and assign a score, zero to four. If you're normal and healthy, you should have a score of zero. So, and the higher the score gets, the higher the chance of mortality. I mean, that makes sense. The more organ system, uh, organ systems that are affected and the more seriously they're affected, the higher the score. So when you see an increase of two or more points, then you've got organ dysfunction. And that could be any of those organ systems, hematologic, respiratory, renal, neurologic, cardiovascular. So what is septic shock? So septic shock is a subset of those patients with sepsis that have one of two things. The most profound and the one that we recognize more easily is persistent hypotension that requires vasopressors just to keep the mean arterial pressure above 65 millimeters of mercury. Now, let me talk a minute about mean arterial pressure. Mean arterial pressure in pregnancy really does not significantly change. But most importantly, your mean arterial pressure in pregnancy should be above 60 to 65. So this 65 millimeters of mercury is not an unrealistic threshold to set even for the pregnant patient. So part two of septic shock is a lactate level of greater than two millimeters, uh, millimoles per liter, despite adequate fluid resuscitation. Now let's talk about lactate um, just for a minute. Lactate is the result of anaerobic metabolism. So when you have decreased volume, decreased perfusion because your patient is septic or in septic shock, then the tissues are going to have to start making energy themselves. And the byproduct of this is lactic acid. So as your lactic acid levels increase, that reflects decreased tissue perfusion and increased anaerobic metabolism. It's a negative sign. As you improve their perfusion by increasing their blood pressure, improving their volume status, then you're going to start seeing the lactate levels coming back down. So septic shock is persistent low blood pressures requiring vasopressors, um, and a lactate level of over two, despite the fact that you've adequately fluid resuscitated your patient. Now, once you've diagnosed somebody with sepsis, or you suspect that you've got a patient with sepsis, as soon as you recognize it, you've basically got one hour to accomplish a couple of tasks. So those of you who are thinking, I don't, I'm not a critical care nurse. I'm not a intensivist. I don't want to be taking care of these patients. This is outside of my, my realm of comfort. I want to reassure you that once you hear the components of this hour one bundle, you'll recognize that this is absolutely something that you will be comfortable with and that you can do. There's really only four things you're going to do when you, when you recognize your patient might be septic. Number one, you're going to draw blood cultures before you start antibiotics. Number two, you're going to start broad-spectrum antibiotics once those cultures are drawn. Number three, you're going to draw blood, including a lactate level. And number four, you're going to start volume resuscitation and managing their hypotension. That's it. Four things. Blood cultures before antibiotics, broad-spectrum antibiotics, lactate level, and volume resuscitation and managing their low blood pressure. 
Now, how do we resuscitate these patients? You're going to start them off with 30 cc's per kilo of a crystalloid. For most patients, that's going to be about a two liter resuscitation. You're going to start vasopressors if you need to. If she's hypotensive during or after your fluid resuscitation, you've given her two liters and you can't get that blood pressure up, then you're going to start pressors. Don't jump the gun. Get some hydration going first and see how she responds. But she might need vasopressors. And your goal is, again, a mean arterial pressure above 65 millimeters of mercury. So to summarize here, the guiding principles of sepsis management, this is obstetric or non-obstetric, the guiding principles, number one, you're going to start resuscitation early with source control. That means figure out where the infection is coming from and deal with it. If it's the uterus, we're going to empty the uterus. IV fluids and antibiotics. Resource control, IV fluids, and antibiotics. The second major principle is to do frequent assessment of the patient's vol volume status. How is she responding to our resuscitation? Are we seeing evidence that she's perfusing well? What is her urine output? Um, how is her lactate level? And then lastly, we want to normalize that lactate level. That tells us that we're perfusing our tissues. So hopefully, after this brief discussion of sepsis and, and septic shock in the obstetric patient, you feel a little bit more comfortable with understanding what your role is in that initial evaluation and more willing to start implementing that hour one bundle in taking care of these patients.